Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy, and welcome back to another episode of the Adam Bulba Podcast. And I am back with another episode for all of you guys to enjoy and listen. But before we start the podcast episode, I would like you guys to listen to my other podcast episodes and how you think of them by sending me voice messages through my link below. Visit anchor.fm forward slash Adam Bulb Podcast. Anyways, today's episode is I am introducing African news. Alright, let's read out today's headlines. Trump com- comments on blowing up dam angers Ethiopia. Children killed after Gunmen stormed Cameroon schools. Dozens, dozens killed in Jimmy president reelect and amid violent protests. Africa's top shots. Sunrise, ballots, and bullets. The big stories around Nigeria protests. Why Nigeria? The protesters are set with Beyonce. Before we start the podcast episode, I would like you guys to subscribe to my podcast if you're on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Anyways, enough talking. Let's get on today's podcast episode, shall we? The Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam is at the center of a long-running dispute involving Ethiopia, Egypt, and Sudan. Mr. Trump said Egypt would not be able to live with the dam and might blow up the construction. Ethiopia sees the U.S. as sliding with Egypt in in the dispute. The U.S. announced in September that he would cut some some aid to Ethiopia after he began feeling the resolver war behind the dam in July. On Saturday, Ethiopia's foreign minister summoned the U.S. ambassador to clarify President Trump's comments. Egypt relies for the bulk of its water needs on the nail and its concert supplies could be cut off and its economy undermined as Ethiopia takes control of the flow of Africa's longest river. Once complete, the $4 billion in brackets $3 billion pound structure of the Blue Nile in western Ethiopia will be Africa's largest hydro project. The speed with which Ethiopia fills up the dam with govern how severely Egypt is affected. The slower the better as far as Korea is concerned that process is accepted to take several years. Sudan further upstream than Egypt is also concerned about Water shortages. 
Ethiopia, which announced the start of construction in 2011, says it needs the dam for its economic development. Negotiations between the three countries were being chaired by the U.S., but are now overseen by the African Union. P.M. Andy Hunt did not address Mr. Trump's remarks directly, but there appears to be little doubt what promoted his robust comments. Ethiopians would finish the jam, he vowed. Ethiopia will not cave into aggression of any kind, he said in a statement. Ethiopians have never kneeled to obey their enemies but to respect their friends. We won't do it today and in the future. Threats of any kind over the issue were misguided, unproductive, and clear violations of international law. In a separate statement, the foreign ministry said the incitement, incitement of war between Ethiopia and Egypt from a sitting U.S. president neither reflects the long-standing partnership and strictly allies between Ethiopia and the United States, nor is acceptable in international law governing interstate relations. The president was on the phone to Sudan's Prime Minister Abdallah Hamdok and Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in front of reporters at the White House on Friday. The occasion was Israel and Sudan's decision to agree diplomatic relations in a move choreographed by the U.S. The subject of the dam came up and Mr. Trump and Mr. Hamdok expressed hopes for a peaceful resolution to the dispute, but Mr. Trump also said it's there, it's a very dangerous situation because Egypt is not going to be able to live that way. He continued, and I said, and I say that loud and clear, they'll blow up the dam, and they have to do something. Mr. A.B. maintains that the negotiations have made more progress since the African Union began mediation, but there are fears that Ethiopia's decision to start feeling the reserve could overshadow hopes of resolving key areas. Such what happens during a drought and how to resolve future disputes. Gunmen have stormed a private school in a receptive area of Cameroon, killing at least six children and wounding a dozen others, officials say. Officials in the southwestern city of Kumba blamed Angola phone associates for the attack. This has not been independently confirmed. 
A local education official said the victims were aged between 12 and 14. Parts of Cameroon have been gripped by unrest since Anglophone groups stepped up their push for independence in 2016. Some schools in Cameroon's Anglophone regions have recently reopened following a four-year shutdown due to threats from separatists fighting for an independent state of Ambozinia. Angolophone activists say the country's French-speaking majority is originalizing the English-speak mandatory Gunmen stormed the Mother Francisca School around midday on Saturday after arriving on motorcycles. Some children were injured and they jumped from second floor in an attempt to escape the attack. Videos uploaded to social media show adults running from the school while carrying children. They found the children in class and they opened fire on them. See sub-prefect Ali Angu told the researchers news agency. It was not clear why the school was targeted, but the sub-prefect and sessionist insurgents were behind the attack. However, the associate leader said a statement would be released expressing disgust at the killings. Protests over the increasing use of French in courts and schools in Cameroon's English-speaking heartlands, the northwest and southwest regions weren't in to violence in 2017. A security force crackdown led to some English-speaking civilians taking up arms against the government, led by the French-speaking President Paul Pia. Thousands have lost their lives and hundreds of thousands have been displaced as separatists and security forces clash. The Electoral Commission said the 82-year-old had taken 59.5% of the votes. The victory still requires confirmation by the Constitutional Court. His opponent, Shailu Dailu, said he he would contest the result large-scale fraud. At least 30 people have died since the vote on Sunday, Guinean media report. Mr. Nailu, 68, who is 68 years old, won 35% of the ballots, the Electoral Commission said. We are still going to refer the matter to the Constitutional 
court without having too many acceptations. Mr. Dialo told the agency France Prison. The president says I constitutional referendum in March allowed him to run a despite a two-term limit, but opponents say he is breaking the law by holding on to power. Dozens have been killed in the months after Mr. Conde said he would run after there are years of further ethnic clashes if the results are disputed. Gunfire erupted in the capital. Cannot carry on Friday. According to sources contacted by the BBC, the army has been called to support the police in maintaining order. There are three police officers died in clashes on Friday, according to Genian Media. Communications by telephone are barely going through the, and the internet has been shut down. Witnesses told Richard's news agency there had been gunfire in the Sonfonia neighborhood of Conakry, and a local resident said police had used warning shots to break up protests. Residents in Opposition Stronghold said that many people are holed up in their homes and that the police are using life ammunition instead of tear gas against protesters. Independence leader Sekou Toure told France in 1958, Ghana prefers poverty and freedom than riches and slavery. Black power civil rights leader Thurkley Carmichael moved from the U.S. to Guinea in 1968 with his then-wife, the singer Maria Makeba, becoming a lifelong proponent of Pan-Africanism. It has the world's biggest reserves of excrement, the main source of aluminium. Its Mount Nimba Strict Nature Reserve, uh, a natural world heritage site, is known for its viperous toad and chimpanzees that use stones as tools. Singer Mori Kante, famous for the 1980s hit Yeke Yeke, came from a well known genie. In family of Grotto are praise singers. Kende was a veteran opposition leader who finally won elections in 2010, marking the first genuinely democratic handover in Guinea since independence. He served jail time for challenging Jean Ansana, who ruled from 1984 to his death in 2008. Mr. Kunde has been re-elected for a third term. Primary results show. He campaigned on his record 
and prospects that skim to one of the world's largest untaped iron ore dis- deposits might finally be exploited, creating thousands of jumps. But critics say that any economic growth has not filtered down to the bulk of the population. Power cuts are coming and many young unions are unable to find work. A new constitution was approved in referendum in March. Mr. Kunde argues this means he is allowed to seek re-election. Even though he had already served the maximum of two terms allowed under the previous constitution, the opposition disputes this and street protests have led to dozens of deaths over the past year. Sailor Dillian Diallo, a former prime minister, is the only formidable opponent. He lost to Mr. Conde in both 2010 and 2015, although he says both elections were marred by widespread fraud. He is a, mem- he is a member of the Pele and Fulani community, although they are Guinea's largest ethnic group. The country has never had a Pele president, and many ethnic say they have faced discrimination dating back to the days of Seiko Tore when thousands fled the country. Mr. Kande is largely backed by members of his Melenki community as well as the country's third major ethnic group. Mr. Dailu and other opposition figures in the National Front for the Defense of the Constitution FND had vowed to boycott an election which they felt could never be fair. But in early September, Mr. Dialy broke with the FND. See, announcing that he would run after all. The FND has called for nationwide protests from Monday. Right. Let's continue. On fr- as, let's show you Africa's weeks in pictures. From 16th to, 2000, to 22nd October 2020. A selection of the week's best photos from across the continent and beyond. On Friday evening, the sun sets over all the lakes in Egypt, Western District. Days later, in I'll ask when close to Korea, this group 
Boyfriend her happy looking mask. In Jenny on Friday, voters wait in line to cast their ballots in the presidential election. A day earlier in the Ivory Coast, a supporter of the ruling party wears a hat which reads Lady Governor RHDMP. The country is heading into a presidential election at the end of the month. On Thursday, update the main Ivory Coast, a woman pa- passed a mural reminding residents to wear masks and stay safe. Supporters cheer and laugh during an annual women football tournament in Algeria's Line Mountains on Friday. On Wednesday, a Nigerian and South African demonstrates against the neutral special anti robbery squad or SARS. Hashtag and some. These demonstrations in Ogun State are among thousands of Nigerians who have joined nationwide. Hashtag and sons. Protests over the past tonight. As of Thursday, the shooting of protesters in Lagos days before he had joined global condemnation. To his supporters, Tindu Lisu is brave and fearless. The fact that he is running for president of Tanzania three years after surviving an attempt on his life is testimony to his determination. He was shot several times by gunmen who have yet to be identified near his home in the capital Dodoma and underwent more than 20 operations in Kenya and Belgium. In order to recover, lying back into the country in July after treatment aboard, he was greeted at the airport by his backers as a returning hero. At a time when some in Kenya feel that their freedom to speak out is being Curtailed, Mr. Lissus Frank style has been very appealing and in August he confidently beat off two challengers to secure the presidential nomination for the opposition Chadema party. The 52-year-old lawyer first became an MP for Chadema in 2010 for a constituency near his birthplace, Singida, twenty kilometers in brackets, two hundred miles northwest of the Doma. As you quickly established himself as an outspoken voice and a fierce critic of government and later President Joe McAfee after he was elected in 2015. In March 2017 he was detained for uttering 
intended to wound religious feelings, raised discontent and ill will for unlawful purposes. Then in July of that year, he was arrested on charges of sedation after claiming that a government-owned plane had been seized in Canada over an unpaid tribute of $38 million. In brackets, 20 million pounds. His boldness has endeared him to neutrals as well as supporters of some other opposition parties. But he will also need to restore faith in his own party. In the week of Chedema's 2015 defeat, many of its members of parliaments and leaders, including losing presidential candidate Edward Lawassa joined the governing Chama Chama Pindazi in brackets CCM party. Mr. Lisi needs to convince Chadema's members that he is a different type of politician and will not be using the election as a bargaining chip with the CCM leadership. On the campaign trial, he has been true to his reputation of being spoken, of being outspoken. So one of the main criticisms leveled against all opposition's opposition politicians has been that they focus on attacking Mr. Magufuli and his government rather than selling their policies. At the end of September, Mr. Lisu was summoned to the Electoral Commission's Ethics Committee after reportedly saying that President Magufuli was co-leading with election officials to rig the vote. The opposition candidate was accused of fomenting chaos. Then a week later, he was suspended from campaigning for seven days after the Electoral Commission said that he had uttered sedation statements during one of his rallies. He said their game is getting scared and therefore and they are pulling out all the stops in their capacity to fight my campaign. Chadema has also said party offices in the north of the country were attacked. The regime is getting scared and therefore they are pulling out all the st- all the stuff all the stops using all instruments of power and in their capacity to fight my campaign, Mr. Lissus told the Richards News Agency. His stance is certainly caught the attention of the young urban population, and he has told BBC News Swahili that if he were to win in his first 100 days, he would raise salaries in the public sector 
see those who considered political prisoners. Compassionate, compassion, compassionate, compassionate those who have been hurt by the government and restart the constitution review process. While it's not clear whether he will be able to make any serious inroads and to the rural strongholds of C CM, which has been in power since its formation in 1997. I mean, in 1977, CCM was a successor to the Tanganyika African National Union, which governed. Tanzania from 1961 to 1977. There are 13 other candidates challenging the incumbent with foreign, foreign minister Bernard Mbembe, one of the most high profile of the others. The 66-year-old is contesting the presidential election for the act while Zalindu party but his candidacy he has been hampered by the fact that <sighs> but if party leader sit to Cambrin and German safe share um, have endorsed Mr. Lisson. They believe that he has a better chance of gaining enough support to defeat President Mikifoy. Mr. Kamwe told a rally that he would vote for Mr. Lisson and asked his supporters to do the same. But Mr. Mimbe is determined to carry on. As Tanzania's foreign minister under Jakaya Kikwete, the previous president has seen he was seen as a diplomat rather than a politician serving the government's interests. But since failing to become the presidential candidate for CCM in 2015. He has emerged as a vocal critic of Nankyofuni, which won him some support, but also led him to being expelled from the governing party. He is considered a safe pair of hands, but his prospects of winning have been damaged by opposition attempts to unify around one challenger to the president.
Oh my god. We have breaking news, you guys. A curfew introduced in Lagos State, Nigeria, on Tuesday will be lifted on Saturday between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. local time. On 7 a.m. and... And 7 p.m. GMT. The curfew was introduced almost after almost two weeks of nationwide protests against police brutality. The protests began on 7th October 2020, mostly young people demanding the scrapping of Nutrients Police Unit. The anti the special anti <coughs> Anti-robbery squad. Nigerian President Muhammadu Buhari said that at least 69 people have been killed. Well, let's not stop from there. Let's read out today's coronavirus cases and deaths. All right. Let's do this. All right, guys. Today's coronavirus cases and deaths are in Uganda eleven. Thousand one hundred and sixty-three cases and seven thousand two hundred and sixty-nine have recovered, and there have been ninety-nine deaths. The United States has over eight point fifty-eight million plus eighty-five thousand. 85 cases and has zero recoveries and has 224,000 plus 925 deaths and in India 7.81 million plus 53,370 cases and has 7.0 Two million recoveries and has one hundred and fifty-seven thousand plus five hundred seventy-one. One point five million plus sixteen thousand five hundred twenty-one cases and and Russia has one point one. I mean, 13 million recoveries. Mm, 25,821. And France has 1.0 million, 409 million plus 42,032 cases. It has 109,000 Recoveries and there's 
Argentina has 1.7 million plus 15,718 and 867,000 recoveries and 28,338 plus 381 deaths. Spain has 1.05 million plus 19 1,850,000 Subscribe to my podcast of how you think of it. And sorry for that. I think my bed has just broke. But here's a message for Nigeria. SARS will be ended. Please, you guys, you have to play for Nigeria. Because Nigeria is in danger because of SARS. This anti-robbery squad has been... it's been hurting people and we don't fight for them so all of us must fight together to save the SARS to save Nigerians from the SARS people anyways I've gotta go now this is me signing off have a good day everyone see you in my next episode